0: support for syncbook radio comes from listeners like you consider helping to make independent productions like syncbook radio possible by becoming a donor your generous gift helps to keep these unique voices broadcasting and exploring details about how you can help can be found at the syncbook.com donate
1: thanks How, how can it be, that we've done five years of 42 Minutes? Well, we have. And thus for this, 42 Minutes, episode 245, which encodes that birthday nicely, we'll travel back to October 18th, 2011, and listen to episode number one. Enjoy.
0: Recording...
1: I feel so wrong. Recorded live.
2: Well, uh, hello. My name is Will Morgan from uh, Few Shots the Shaman and the
1: Sinkhole. And I am Douglas Bowles uh, from the Sink Book and a number of other places. And for what reason, Will and I decided that. We wanted to have a converse a weekly conversation about sync. To start yes. a conversation, just share the things that we look at every week and just see what it'd be like if we uh started recording these as kind of a, a morning talk show to see, you know, what kind of what kind of things we'd find by sharing the different things we're seeing together. Yeah, we
2: thought it would be educational at least
1: for ourselves
2: and I suppose the best thing to do to uh start off would be to um, I guess review the movies that have just come out lately since sync is a, a has a lot to do with pop or at least we both use
1: pop well so here's the question real fast for you um, Do you have any structure or do you just let this thing this whatever it is the different things come to you, or do you have certain things like patterns or formats uh, just like a way of living? Do you look at movie things every week, or? Well, you, you mean like Little well, rituals. What I, do you have <laughs> any rituals? <laughs> I,
2: have a, I have a bunch of rituals. <laughs> but, I no, I mean, I pay a lot of attention to, you know, whatever, because it's it's so difficult. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about sync, or mysticism, I mean, what are you talking about? There's no real structure at all, and it's and it almost ruins it if you have like a structure, so I understand the fact that you your intuition is like key, so I go off of whatever catches my eye and I mean a lot of people have a problem with symbolism period, like some people aren't symbol literate, and anybody who's taken like an art history class or you know some book or some class where you, you study symbolism and book and stuff. I've heard a lot of people, you know, they get, because it's too ethereal. It's, it's, you know, just because the characters are talking about a circle doesn't mean that it's symbolism for all these other things, according to your professor. And people buck the shit out of that. And that's just it. I mean, it, it all has to do with meaning, right? I mean, it all has to do, The young would understand, it all has to do with the meaning we impose something. So you got to respect your own meaning. I, I don't know if that's answering your question or not. I'm mean, just, I mean, no,
1: I, I, was, <laughs> I was just wondering, you know, just uh, how how you checked in. So, do you, do you actually um, look at the the weekly movie releases? Is that something? No,
2: that you No, I do. I mean, I pay a lot of attention to the movie posters that are coming out because even if this is some kind of like, you know, pro, uh, the MK Ultra mind control, it seems like movie posters have the most symbolism in them even more so than movies. Like, sometimes you'll see a movie poster that's just blatantly obvious as far as symbolism goes, and the movie might not be as as potent. And I think the reason that is is because movie posters are seen by more people. You know what I mean? If you go to the movie the theater, you're going to see all the movie posters. You might not see all the movies there. And so I pay a lot of attention to the movie posters that are coming up, the ones that are just put out, the ones that uh, are in the, the box office and the ones that are coming up, but also, uh, like, there's a certain... I just passed you that website of Imp Movie Awards, which is nothing but movie posters. And it will tell you what movie posters are coming out according to certain dates. And that and, and it's weird because movies that have nothing to do with each other will come out and uh, on the same day, and they, they have... Certain themes, like I remember when the movie Eclipse came out, it came out on the same day that Slice came out, and it was weird because those words are the exact same words; they're just the letters are just mixed up. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do pay attention to the movies that are coming out, and it's weird. It's it's also strange because I know you, you know that I just did all of that research with monkeys and and whatnot, and I got like three four emails. At the end, after I put the movie out, because Planet of the Eights started becoming... It, it was the next movie coming out. That wasn't planned. It was like my movie synced with the box office movies. But yeah. you'll notice the more you pay attention to it that if you're watching a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies, all of a sudden J. Edgar Hoover will come out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I pay a lot of attention. It's almost It's, it's more trustworthy than the news to me. That's what Jake told me one day. He said he, he frequents movie posters <laughs> more than he does the news. And I find it useful. So yeah, I mean, I really pay attention to what's coming out in the movie. It's, it's more it's more valid to me than any other conspiracy theory because you can see it. There's like think is interactive. <laughs> I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I could talk
1: about... I so could be talking I, about, I, I completely agree with you that any window you choose to view reality through is going to be that valid if you bring the level of presence to it that you're talking about, and so it's i i think my whole practice is a lot more random in that um i don't i I don't usually check in with with upcoming movies; they definitely seep in there's just no way to get and the movie posters also. But as far as, like, uh, and it's interesting, too, because I don't even necessarily, I know a lot of people, part of their ritual is to, you know, consume X amount of minutes or hours of news from some outlet every day. And so yeah. I have my own sync news outlets, which is the sync community, you know, uh, like the sync list. There's the watching the Watchman site, which is a lot bigger and, and has more than just traditional think people, but there's other uh, blogs on that that sometimes talk to me, and I look at those. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I know what
2: you're saying. I mean, there's a, a lot more stuff that I pay attention to. I, I watch a lot of alternative news as well. Like, I always download what the Corbett Report is doing. I don't know if you know who they
1: are, and I always pay attention to what Red Ice is doing as well. But here's an interesting story from the book, The Black Swan Theory. You know, and The Black Swan was such a big theme. Uh, I don't know how long ago. It's funny how long we've been doing this. That was, was maybe the beginning of 2011. Yeah, because it was all
2: the Black Swan events going on at one time. But so, mm-hmm. one of the
1: examples was that sometimes if people have too much information, they're unable to get uh, bring meaning to whatever it is, and so. He used the example of a photograph that you were zoomed way too too close into, and so all you could see were pixels. And every time you know they would back out, you would you would get you were able to get a, a better sense of the the whole image. But the, when they did the test, the people who were looking you know who took, um, who backed out faster than the group that backed out slower. So. The, the group that had more information, they made more and more crazy guesses about what it was. It was the, you know, the people who were able to get away from it quicker, and so they did that on purpose. You know, so the group with less information was able to figure it out better, more accurately, and with with uh, less random guesses. And so it's interesting that kind of what we do is try and get away from reality so that we actually get a sense of what really is going on. Um, broader picture of reality. Yeah, I'll fucking admit to it. Like right in the thick of the news stream and there's no context. It's just, you know, waves and currents and you know, you don't have any sense of and so the the book The Black Swan, the guy was saying, you know, watching the news on a regular basis will do you more more harm than good because the things that really change the flow are the black swans you know the things that you the unknown unknowns the things you can't predict or see unless <laughs> you're a black swan hunter like we are <laughs> yeah well yeah, and so i but I think you know any any lens into the into the realm is valid it doesn't matter, you know, like douglas adams one of his books he was able to um uh show the entire universe in one piece one piece of sponge cake. You know, he was able to show how everything <laughs> traced back to this one piece of sponge cake. So, But anyway, go on. Tell us what's coming was, out. No, what you're saying is very valid. It's a very, almost like Buddha, Buddhist way of looking
2: at it. I mean, you can, like, uh, Alistair Crowley had this one friend who he was suspected of writing about in uh, Moonchild. But his friend stormed off and became a Buddhist, like a serious, a a very influential to the Western world Buddhist, actually. And um, when his friend came back, you know, Crowley was trying to get him all into all of these different ways of manipulating the world. And and the guy just wanted to observe the world. Like, he didn't want to. um, And I feel it's the same way with all of these things. I think that's why I use movies. It's like something that... I focused on. I knew that there was weird sync and weird stuff in movies. So I just chose. A, a lot of people do this to, like, a lot of people use sync with news, and I'm not for that. Like, I don't... If you can go back and look at my post, I hardly ever mention what's happening in, in, in news with the sync, because I...
1: It's interesting, because... There's a lot of that, but it just... It's like weaving a tapestry where... Once you start, you you realize that it doesn't matter what facet of reality you're looking at; it's it's all connected. So whether right, it's, and so, so it's, merely,
2: it's merely like this goes back is this it's merely intuitional? It is zeroed in on your personal like
1: brainstem on your neurosystem. It, well, it's got to be fun too,
2: right? Right. Yeah. So after the whole saying of follow the bliss or Do what gives you joy comes in. Right. I think that's the the sole spawn of Jake's theory that you can tell by a sync accuracy on how much sync it gives you. A lot of people have a lot of problems with that because they want it to be standardized, which is fine, too. They want it to be... I I think I like the sync book for that reason, even though I haven't read it. From the pieces that people have passed around, it seems to be very eclectic. You know what I mean? And so it's not like this is the definitive think Bible. It's more like this is a bunch of fucked up people who write about think. You know? <laughs> and, and and people want a dictionary like some people's head wants a dictionary and some people's head want a wicca and those things are useful but I don't think that they anything definitive would be useless and
1: well if anything hey, I've been giving Selling the sync book to a lot of norms, you know, people who are not in the, you know, the sync state of mind, and I definitely think sync is the new consciousness because we've come out of a past of subject and objects, you know, real defined you and me. But our whole science has evolved to this idea in the in the quantum theory that there is no separation, that when you when you start looking for separation you find that everything's connected. And so what kind of what kind of philosophy or worldview to do you use to understand the idea that that there is no us in them, that it's just us and everything is us, you know. Um, and so it's funny when you give that to people because what's interesting is even though science is' it's quantum our our basic reality is still pretty people want a well-defined state they don't want an, a cloudy idea of truth that both a and b possibly are true at any given moment they don't this, you know this is not a comfortable thing for uh, a culture that has more object subject. Worldview, um, but so just when I do give the books to people who uh, are coming out of you know a more traditional Western consciousness of uh, classical physics, they <laughs> like it, but it's it's kind of a novelty. But it's it's the contagion because pretty soon it it you know it gets into their system where it, I think it, you know I'd like to one of the things that I like to say is that you know people are is how do you get in sync? And I think the truth is you don't have to get in sync. You're in sync. You just have to recognize that you're in sync. And therefore, once you start seeing it, you it's just a question of having the eyes to see it. And so, you know, once it's funny because these people, these various people at work that I've sold the sync book to, you know, they, it, it's like a little bug that we're giving them. You know what? Yeah, we're passing yeah.
2: the passing the virus. Yeah. And it's, it's a very, it's like when I first started, you were, you synced with everything, like, and you wanted to dimension, think about everything. Now I've gotten more selective on it. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to, and I think it's just like a stage. You know what I mean? There's like a part of the virus where you <laughs> have to with everything. Everything that you see mean something, and it sounds like raving lunacy, and, and then that's fine, but after a while you come out of that. It's like that that one saying, you know, uh, before enlightenment, a mountain was just a mountain. During enlightenment, a mountain was no longer a mountain. Afterward, right. a mountain. And, but there's another one, I think the guy's name is Paulo Coelho. He wrote this book called The, the, the Alchemist, where that's he's like, one. you know, at first, he, at first, I thought a horse when he was a horse when he, then I thought the horse whinny meant that snakes were around. Now I realize that a horse whinny is just a horse whinny, and that 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 realization, you know, that wait, this the horse means something, and then the realization that oh wait, no, it doesn't mean there's snakes around. I just inserted that meaning. That meaning wasn't really there, and then it goes back to oh well, it's just a it's, that that's why there's such a a, a thin line. On insanity and think, or a, it, it, the the runaway connection of patterns and, and absolute like OCD
1: is because it is OCD. It is you know psychosis because. But, but you're so here's the it. question. Have you? I'm sure you've read uh, the Illuminatus Trilogy by Robert Anton Wilson. Oh yeah, because I I haven't ever done that. I just started. and I'm listening to it and. And it's fun, but it definitely is a little schizophrenic. And I think that that he wrote it that way intentionally because he's showing the interconnection of all these different events and timelines, characters. You know, the idea that he's talking about a squirrel all the time in Central Park, getting nuts and showing how that's the same as, you know, this uh, nefarious plot that's going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. I
2: mean, he was a big James Joyceon fan, though. So you can see a lot of the, when, when they switch in mid-conversation, like, you, you'll be, the policeman will be talking to the detective, and you'll be getting the descriptions according to the policeman's point of view and what he thinks of the detective. And then two seconds later, he switches over, and, I mean, a par- it's like a sentence. You're reading it from the policeman's perspective, and then the next sentence, you're reading it from the detective's point of view, right? right. And I think that <laughs> writing it all of that is just a practice in bringing you outside of your, you know, like the, remembering that no matter what you're looking at, you're looking at it from your point of view. So and that that has everything in the world to do with think. It's cleaning your apparatus is what I always call it. Now I'm not going to stick by those guns and argue it till my death because I might change my mind in 30 minutes,
1: but. So it's yes. interesting because he actually mentions the idea of the multiverse, you know, and so he's writing he's writing this from uh, the, you know, first person oftentimes. A lot of times you have like a central whatever an author will set up and they're your go-between into that world, you know, so you, you have your narrator and you trust the narrator or not, but this is, I mean, truly a multiverse where uh, at any and it's hard to follow because like you said, the detective will be speaking in the first person, and then all of a sudden, the one of the guys, you know, uh, the couple having sex, he'll be <laughs> speaking in the first person. But then uh, Robert Anton uh, he mentions, you know, the goal of the multiverse becoming the universe, like a true universe, which is the melding of all these characters and experiences from a separate perspective into uh, a common Shared,
2: you, you know. And uh, see, I think that that translated over. You can tell that Stephen King was influenced by the Illuminati. Now,
1: can you not? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was going to segue with the the contagion because I, I've had uh, the stand on my next to my bed for like three years now, and every time I start it, I feel like I'm about to, you know, cause the end of the world. Just by reading the stand is, is enough to, launch <laughs> the super play. And we'll yeah, yeah. March right into the the Dark Tower series after the Super Plague hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell. Well, see, he did that. He made it to where all
2: of his little multiverses could collide into one mur- multiverse. Yeah. That's what. That's what he did, and he did that intentionally. And he even referenced, you know, King because he mentions Discordia through the whole last three books. Oh, yeah. Because you remember the the other mother. There's Savannah, and she's pregnant, but she's turning into the white woman, what was her name, Maya or Mia or something, some mother figure, who was, like, going to usher in this demon baby. But the whole time, she's walking around talking about Discordia, and all these other people are getting hypnotized saying, hell, Discordia. Hell, Discordia. And like... Illuminatus trilogy because I don't really want to ruin the book for you. I hope I don't. I mean, I don't. how far are you through it? I'm not very well, far. Both. Well, there's there's a hint at the end of the book where the characters realize that they might be in the book.
1: That they might be in a book.
2: They might be in a book. Uh. And that's where King got that. King references the Illuminatus trilogy because of that. Because well, his character... The Gunslinger, is, that's
1: so funny.
2: Right. So in Gunslinger, they're saying Hell Discordia, and in Gunslinger, they figure out that they're in a book, and they've got to work around that multiverse of actually being in a book and being able to have contact with Stephen King. It's really beautiful. I mean, I don't think everybody sees that. And, you know, that that comes up a lot in other books as well, because it was weird. I read, uh, I read like, The never ending Story the Illuminatus Trilogy, and the Dark Tower, like, all in a row. And in every single one of those books, the characters realize they're in a book. And then you can see that through movies like Inkheart or, or uh, Stranger Than Fiction, where the characters realize, you know, like, we're part of a bigger story. However, that will help you see your life in a different way when you think about, you know, people, certain... Um, theories about the daemon and stuff, like it's a whole pattern. That's what Plato called the daemon, was like a whole pattern that your life already took. So it was all all, an image of what you were going to be or what you were going to become in your life influenced the whole rest of of the life like a story would. You know what I mean? That's a better way of looking at life, in my opinion, because it takes the randomness off. A lot of people get lost because they think everything is random. They think the universe is this harsh, thing that's trying to keep them down and contained, when in all actuality, like, we're blossoming out of the universe. We're, like, this thing that the universe is producing, not trying to kill. Is that too philosophical? Am I ranting? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But, huh. too much to think about, too... It's funny because I totally hijacked the, uh, I mean, we've, we've been, we got into the flow and went. We never did talk about movie posters or anything, but so uh, I <laughs> but suppose that's, that's the point bad. of the conversation is to just start it and see what happens, and then hopefully down the road we'll include you know other people, and we'll just see where it goes. Right. But so since that's you right. mentioned Stephen King, I wanted to link that to a, a theme that I've been looking at for at least. Oh, two, no, it's longer than that, maybe six months now. I've been looking really deeply at the idea of Atlantis and, you know, why it sank or when it sank, and then, you know, it just, for a long time I thought that this was speaking to like a predictive type, sometimes think is oh like an oracle where, you know, it's showing you the future, not clearly, but cloudy, and I thought that maybe it was talking about like a sync conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I was really, really attached to that idea, but I don't know if that's really what it was saying because it's, it's, I've been listening to Stephen King's The Hearts in Atlantis, and I'm just loving it because uh, William Hurt is reading it, and he's so good, and I'm not very far into it either, but um, you know, with Atlantis in that first work, anyway, the low uh, the, the low little men little in coats. yellow coats. Yeah, um, you know the the idea that Atlantis is is the failure of in in that case, you know, the baby boomers. Or you know, so it's it's this point in the mystery play where where like Job really gets it from God, kind of the kind of thing where where it's the failures. We're we're in the wasteland because of the failures created by you know whomever. And uh, in in the movie Atlantis, it was the Leonard Nimoy King character who tried to turn the the life force, the crystal thing, into a weapon and then, you know, that's that the Disney version with Leonard? And it's funny because the Disney version has Michael J. Fox as the, oh, see, now I've just ventured into my own little think world without any context, but Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future have been really firing for, for a while. Um, one of my rituals it's interesting because uh, Twitter is definitely where you see it's the think sticker you know it's like where where all the the threads are being woven in real time. Right. you know you can just see it happening. you know people are aware that they're thinking or they're not, and it's just it's funny, but it's too much for me it's, I, I, um, I'm too addictive, and so i I end up reading Twitter all. And so I, I, you know, I uh, I turned my Twitter off, and it was a pretty good move for me. But uh, I have several smaller groups and larger groups of uh, like-minded think individuals, and we just kind of process these threads um, daily and weekly. You know, where we'll roll things over and just shoot really non-judgmental, strange, you know, schizophrenic emails back and forth, and it's really fun. And uh, sometimes these things evolve. It's similar to what we're doing. It's like, it's just a different type of conversation.
2: Well, to go back to what you said about Atlantis, it's interesting to me because the way that we see Atlantis is uh, in the past, right? So all those stories, going back to Plato and get again and stuff, but, I mean, all the stories deal with an ancient civilization that arose, collapsed, and that was better than what is now. Um, but the symbolism for, you know what Atlantis is as far as like what you're talking about with Stargate. and I mean, Stargate Atlantis, the TV show was a big highlight of this. But also in the Disney version. It, it, doesn't the Disney version have kind of like a Stargate theme kind of thing going on? Or? I can't remember. It's been too long since I've seen it. I think it's interesting that Leonard Nimoy's in that because right now he's in the Transformers where he's doing the same thing. He's the sentinel. And transformers, where he's using the blue and the red pillar to open up a Stargate to another world, yada yada. Very symbolic. But, anyways, uh, the symbol for Atlantis is the target. So it's the concentric bullseye, which is also the symbol for uh, it's it's the symbol for gold. It's the symbol for the sun. It's the symbol for the pineal gland, which are all things that people shoot for. So in a, in a way, even though Atlantis is in the past, somehow somehow it's symbolic of a target in the future. You know what I mean? It's symbolic of something that we are aiming for and not
1: necessarily moving away from. Yeah, I can do that. Um, that was one of the conclusions I came to in my own research. Was you know, oftentimes we look at the failures of the past and think, you know, how do we? What well, would with the Back to the Future. And so, in the Disney version of Atlantis, you have Michael J. Fox as the lead character. and in Back to the Future, you have Michael J. Fox. And what he's doing is trying to fix his own life by going back into the past and giving the people that shaped him the type of confidence and uh, love or whatever that he himself needs. So, like, you know, he's the child, but he has to end up trying to heal you know, himself through his parents by going back in time. And so time travel and time has been kind of an issue that's been coming up for me.
2: In that email you sent me, that's interesting because I now see the relationship of Back to the Future and Donnie Darko. And you sent me that email where the guy was doing the eight, all of the eight, which is weird because all the eight really is is the infinity sign, right? Right. And then you, you, the guy... The the blog that you sent me highlighted a whole bunch of eights that are in Donnie Darko, and I highlighted how they mentioned uh, Back to the Future in Donnie Darko, and how you know those two were related because they both. In anyways, uh, I just I think that's interesting. That's the same thing Donnie Darko does, though. To heal, he goes back in the future to
1: heal himself and save his family. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting because Donnie Darko presents such a traditional hero sacrifice where, yeah. you know, he, he made the choice, basically, there's this strange time loop, and then he, he has to just come to terms with the fact that, you know, to to save the world, he he's going to have to die. But it doesn't have to be like a, I mean, you could read it esoterically and say it's a, I don't know, ego death, a detachment to, uh, you know, that...
2: Well, he does it I mean, I don't know if you've seen source code because there's a part in Donnie Darko where he's talking to that Noah guy. Uh, can't remember his name, but you know, Noah Wiley.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's basically Keanu. It's so amazing that to me they're the, the same. <laughs> and then the, the the fascinating thing is that uh, you know Steve Jobs just died, but Noah Wiley played Steve Jobs in a movie called The Pirates of Silicon Valley, where Anthony Michael Hall <laughs> played Bill Gates. <laughs> Yeah, which is I I I like that movie back because it basically showed how these two magicians, you know, created where where we're at now with our all our technology and stuff, you know. Salesmen. Really, really interesting farthing you know, shtick or uh swim man. Uh
2: oh, anyway, I oh, forget what I was saying was No Noah, Noah Wiley, he's talking to uh he's talking about the train. You know what I mean? Like how the the little thing out of his chest was like a projected track that he was on, and then how that relates to source code and Gyllenhaal again, because Gyllenhaal always has the time-traveling thing going on with Prince of Persia, but if if you look at it in a bigger aspect, it gives you, it's not just a flat-out, like, propaganda. I mean, some people might think it's propaganda, and I understand that, and I'm not going to deny that it could be, because it looks obvious and intentional as hell, but it's the same concept from different points of view. You know what I mean? So instead of, and and by different directors and so forth and so on, so you get a different viewpoint. It's like he's playing the same role in three different ways. You know what I mean? And so you get like a big, uh, almost mythological archetype out of all of his movies slammed together what is normally called a composite character. But it gives you, you know, a a way to discuss it like we are now where we can hash it out and get some insight for ourselves out of it. And, of course, you know, I'm not going to go through all the movies now because we are running out of time. But I noticed that on October 27th, there's a new movie coming out called Man on the Train. And then the next day, October 28th, is the, the movie... Uh, the, the Man on the Train is a movie with Donald Sutherland. Okay. It's about a heist coming out. It's uh, about a bank robbers, but it's just interesting because it's called Man on the Train. But the next day, on the 28th, is when In Time comes out, which deals a lot... It was the Justin Timberlake movie that deals a lot with, uh, with the relationship of time and money... And I think you're going to get to live to, like, age 20... It would be cool if it was 23 or 24, but it's probably 25 or 26 or something. Have you even seen previews for End Time yet? No.
1: No, no. Is it... Does it look they like something... Okay, here's a quick, quick question, though. So, like, with Jake and Jim, they go to a lot of movies over the course of a week or a month. How, do you watch how many movies a day are you watching or do you go to, like, do you pay, how often do you go to a theater? Uh, how often do I go to a theater?
2: Uh, I try to go to at least one a week, but I also go to, I don't go to, like, the big theaters. Sometimes I go to the, the dollar theaters here, <laughs> which is, you know, only a buck or two for a ticket instead of twelve. Yeah. Cause I, but I, I, watch a, I watch, I try to watch at least a movie a day, especially if I'm researching. Right, right now, I'm watching a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies, so I watched uh, Body of Lies, and as soon as I finished Body of Lies, I just started up uh, Quick in the Dead right afterwards. And so this is going to kind of give me a break from my movies in the morning time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, End Time is interesting because they have their, uh, the whole life is a clock. There's like a, a fluorescent green clock on the wrist, and everything that they purchase is time. So four minutes for a cup of coffee and stuff like that. And then the more they work, the more time they have. And then the commodity of having an endless clock is what everybody's looking for. But it's interesting because, you know, man on time, I think of a train as, it's a destination, it's a destiny because it's got a set trajectory. You can't go off the track. And so time is the same way in a way. But also like the the whole issue with, time being money and what's happening in the news right now with all the Occupization and stuff is, is an interesting concept to me because it feels like that is coming to a head. Like The whole Occupy world thing is just
1: getting warmed up and it's going to get nuttier. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I found a series of blogs on NPR that uh, more... They're mytholo- mythologically based cosmology blogs, but they're definitely from... Uh, you know, a traditional consciousness. But the really interesting thing was how he, sh- he, you know, basically showed how the clock, as we know it, is so artificial. Uh, we're getting close. The clock, <laughs> but connecting to time in a more meaningful way would mean living on the land that you live on seasonally. You know, so twelve o'clock or a little mechanical device is fairly meaning meaningless and so that might be part of why we suffer where our our notion of reality is based on on this this construct that doesn't have any meaning at all. Whereas, you know, one of the things that I wanted to accomplish with this a little bit was to talk about, you know, what's going on seasonally or, you know, how do we connect in a more meaningful way to right now. Um, and so uh, hopefully in the future, you know, as we do these, uh, that's something that I want to explore. And I also want to highlight different things, like especially blogs from the community that are really firing. So everyone needs to go and read Aerosmith's latest post at Black Dog Star. It, it, yes, I agree. Writes, so good. He He's a poet. I, he probably has no idea how that... Um, maybe he does, but... The way he repeats things over, and he just reinforces things so beautifully and delicately, but then creates such a, a structure of you know such a solid you know the, the foundation. <laughs> I'm not doing
2: it because he's been out of the loop for a while. He hasn't um, he hasn't really dropped the post in so long, and he's done a, a little bit of stuff here and there, and you can see him her off on Twitter. But uh, to really come out strong with this Damon post, and you can tell that his format has changed a little bit too because a lot is, he's not hinting, He's just I was talking to him about it the other day, he's just pointing. He's not really saying like this is the way, he's just kind of, I mean, you could probably just scan down and look at the pictures and halfway down you're going to be like what the fuck and have to read it at that point. I mean you can't get around. It's it's hard to ignore Aerosmith
1: stuff. Yeah, he's good.
2: So uh yeah, I think we're coming up on the two minute mark here. We got a two minute warning for our forty two first attempt at the think call. I really I kind right. of enjoyed it, Doug. I mean I, I think that, you know, all of the coming up with movies that are might show in the next couple of days and stuff like that, is really just kind of a jumping off place.
1: Whatever we talk about is fine with me. So right. That's the idea. That you and I are, are much different people, but we're the same at the same time. It's bizarre. You, <laughs> I'm more right-handed. You're more left-handed. Uh, I'm coming to it. You know, from a different place, but we're, you know, it's the same stuff. And we give each other fight. Say, no, I'm, <laughs> oh no, no. I'm, but the conversation, and so that's the intention. You know, 42 minutes once a week. And uh, down the road, we'll have people join in. And we're just about out of time. And it, I had a, I had a blast.
2: Yeah. Thank you for doing it with me. Yeah. So I guess we can take this, this last little couple of thirty seconds out, and then we'll be <laughs> done. But there is it's funny on end time also though uh, on the same day October 28th is Anonymous, and I don't know if you know what Anonymous is, but it's this, it's the uh, it's a movie that is exploring. The uh, conspiracy theories
1: around William Shakespeare. Okay, that's it. If you want to look at Anonymous a little bit, go to the, the Mask of God.
2: Uh, Have you guys
1: been fooling around with it? Nice. It connects interestingly to the uh, the whole Anonymous Occupy Wall Street theme. You know, the, those are right on top of each other. You know, the the idea that's that not you've nice. got this money. That's, that's nice. Yeah. So. You see how
2: Anonymous and End Time they definitely are connected.
1: Oh, that's
2: perfect. Love it. Talk to you soon, man. Have a good evening.
1: You too. Or morning.
3: The boy brings more. And if the dam breaks open many years too soon, and if there is no room upon the hill, and if your head explodes with the bones too i see you on the
0: dark
3: side of the moon The lunatic is in my head <laughs> The lunatic is in my head You raise the blade
0: ba 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 ba